Hey, Fathom Church, it's so good to see you guys. Good to be back in the house, isn't it? Yeah. Woo! You guys excited? Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited to be back in the house. And uh, it was a fun few weeks, kind of all over the place. It was really fun and uh, exciting. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like getting in the house with one another and, uh, and worshiping and getting to, see, uh, getting to see everybody. So we hope your uh, back-to-school season has started good for those of you with little ones and getting settled into that. I'm excited. Today we're starting a brand new series. If you're a guest with us, it's a great time to jump on and just get connected, learn to, to, to meet some new people around here and just get to know who we are. Uh, every first Sunday of every month, we do something called DNA Sessions, so that's today, and we you know, provide you lunch and let you hang around for a few minutes to get to know who we are and just let a little bit about our beliefs and, and our story and what God's doing in our church and our vision, and so we'd love for you to hang around and be with us today. Uh, but I'm excited to dive into uh, the text. We'll do that here in just a, a few minutes. We've been, um, as you can tell, we're, some of you may be frustrated that we're not done with the renovation, uh, and if you are frustrated by that, like, welcome to my world, um, but construction always takes longer uh, than what you think it will, and it costs more than what you think it will. So I'm going to update you a little bit more on that, but one of our, our surf culture values around here of just, this is part of who we are, is, uh, is called rubber bands, and it really means that we embrace the tensions and we're flexible. And so we just thank you for being flexible. We've got plenty of bathroom space outside, um, and I know it's awkward, right, going through um, this. We'll actually have new doors right here that'll make it a little bit easier to enter and exit. And hopefully we won't have to do this for too many weeks, but uh, the plan is just a few weeks like this, and then uh, we'll be back in with a brand new renovated uh, lobby and bathroom space, which will serve everyone a lot better. So we're excited about that and just appreciate your patience and flexibility uh, in this season, but it's an exciting one. So we're starting a brand new series today called Stretch Marks. Stretch Marks, and uh, it's really going to be all about growth, because here's what I've, I've found when I'm thinking uh, about growth. I think that the majority of people want to grow. Like, th- there's a few stubborn people out there like, no, nope, this is the way I am, not going to change. You know, there's, there's those people, but I think by and large, the majority of people, we want to grow. Would you agree? Like you want, want to grow, the majority of people want to grow. Within that majority, I would also say that the majority of folks don't want to do what it takes to grow, aren't willing to endure and go through what it takes to grow. Um, I, I don't think we're, we're willing to change. <laughs> we're, we're not very apt to change, even those that think we're really flexible and adaptable to change. We, we don't want to change. Uh, but if we are going to grow over the next four weeks, what we're going to talk about is, is these four things. One is we've got to have a willingness to change. We've got to have a willingness to change. If we're going to grow and become all that God has called us to be, uh, one, we've got to face the truth. We've got to be willing to face the truth. We'll talk about that next week and just how we sweep the, 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 the truth under the rug and we try not to deal with it and we delay facing the truth as long as we possibly can. We've got to be willing to be disciplined and willing to trust God if we're going to grow and become who he wants us to be. So I want to spend a little time talking about change. And now it's September, and it's kind of like a reset button for, I know families in particular, those maybe starting a new school year um, in college or something. It's kind of like when we kind of switch over, and you can kind of hit the reset button on your New Year's resolutions. How are those going, by the way? I just want to check in. You've got a note card around you, and I want to ask you a couple of questions. Grab that note card, and you'll see a pin in the seat back in front of you. Once you grab that, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and I want you to answer these down. You're not going to turn these into me. This isn't for anybody except for you. And if you're in this house and you want to grow, like let's talk about what you 
want to grow in. So the first question I want you to answer on that note card is, what change do you know you want or need to make? What change do you know or you want to make? Maybe it was a part of a New Year's uh, resolution. Um, maybe it's, it's been, um, you know, God-inspired. Maybe it's been spouse-inspired. <laughs> like, they're pushing you, like, you need to change that. You know what I mean? Maybe there's one of those situations. But you know and you want to change it. Maybe it's eating healthier. You know, maybe it's getting the exercise routine going. Maybe it's getting your financial house in order. I don't, I don't know. Just write, write down what that is. Everybody got that? Okay, the second one, and a question I want to ask you is, what change do you know God's calling you to make? So we'll, we'll write down the one we really want, but we're, I also want to talk about the one that, that, that God is calling us to make. Maybe this is something we've been convicted about. Like we know we need to make a change in here. God has told us very clearly like this needs to change. Like we know we need to build relationships with other people who are moving in the same direction. We need genuine friendships within the body, but we can't get over our kind of fear of or failure or brokenness in the past. I'm not trusting people to jump into a group. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's trusting God financially. Maybe it's using your gifts for him and, and building up the body of Christ for his glory. I don't know, like, what, what is maybe the change that you know that God's been pushing you, he's convicted you on, that you know you need to make? Go ahead and write that one down. Because I think all of us, we, we want to grow. We want to grow. We're just not willing to, to do what it takes. I've been reading this book um, called Leadership Pain. It's a, it's a great book. It, it's mostly about the pain of pastors, so it's like just speaking my, my language and knowing what I go through. But it's written by a guy named um, Samuel uh, Chand, um, an Indian gentleman, and, and he just so beautifully um, words some of these things when it comes to, to change. And, and he says this quote here uh, in his book, reluctance, reluctance to face pain is your greatest limitation because there's no growth without change. There's no change without loss. And there's no loss without pain. So our reluctance to face pain is our greatest limitation in growth. I mean, because all, all of us would be ready for a marathon <laughs> if it wasn't for the pain of pushing through it. Uh, all of us would, would uh, you know, have our financial house in order if it wasn't for the pain of stopping uh, by Starbucks every single time we drive by it. You know, we, we'd, we would um, be in a lot different place. And so it's this facing pain. And so we can't talk about change without talking about pain. And, and so I really want to talk about that today. I want to look to Romans chapter 5. We're just going to go there and look at the first five verses in Romans chapter 5. Um, we'll read together. You can turn it in your, your Bible or on your phone or we got it up on the screen, whatever works for you. Uh, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. And um, because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit 
whom he's given to us. I'm thankful for God's word that can speak life into us this morning. Uh, I want to begin where Paul begins here because I think when we're like, oh, I need to make this change, we just jump into it. And I think sometimes we begin to get a different gospel altogether. We, we, we adopt this self-help gospel. Like, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get better, and I'm going to get better for Jesus, and I'm going to, and really, we, we've, we've laid this foundation that's not the gospel at all, and that's really where Paul pushes us here, and the first thing I, I want to make sure we understand as we dive in and build, build the healthy foundation here is, is that I've got peace with God through faith in what Jesus did, not what I do. Like, we've got to have that as our foundation, because otherwise we have this self-help, like I'm going to keep getting better for Jesus. And for some of us, uh, maybe it's been a long time since you've been in the church and you're coming back in. And really what you were processing the whole time is like, oh, I'm not ready. I need to get some things cleaned up. I need to get my act together before I come back. But that's not the gospel at all. God loves us where we're at. And, and we're not saved by our own works, by how good we are. We are saved by what Jesus did. That is the foundation. And Paul uses this word justify. And it's this legal term that basically means paid in full. Like you can't, it can't be any more paid than what it already is based on what Jesus did. So no amount of good doing earns you salvation. That's uh, the foundation. But I think sometimes we, we get lied to in our heads and we begin to have this, this battle going on and it's lies of the enemy, and we really begin to feel condemned for not having our act together. And that's really condemnation, and that's different from what conviction is, which is from God. So conviction is from God, and condemnation is really a lie of the enemy. You may want to write this down when we're talking about condemnation and conviction, uh, like I said, God brings conviction, Satan brings uh, condemnation. Conviction is an awareness of sin with a calling for transformation. Like, so through his Holy Spirit, his loving Holy Spirit comes to us, and like Taryn was saying, like that was a judge, you were judging that, you know, that's, a, that's conviction, like I know that was wrong, and it's calling me to what? To change, to, to transform, to be more like Christ, to be reflection of his image. Condemnation, on the other hand, is, comes from uh, the enemy, and, and it's, it brings a weight of sin. So, so not an awareness of sin, a weight of sin with a calling of judgment. And, and where we, I think that's, this is where we begin to undo what God has already spoken to us uh, in our heads um, because God shapes us through conviction. And that's why Taryn was just up here and said, I thank God for that conviction. I thank God for his conviction. So we, we can thank God when he points out sin in our life if we know and believe deeply within us that he is leading us towards a hope and a future, not our best self, but the, the best self that he has designed for us. Not the best plan we've come up for our life, but he is leading and guiding us to where he has destined and, and predestined us to go and to become um, as um, sons and daughters of God. So God shapes us through conviction, and the enemy wants to shape you through the lies of condemnation. Romans 8.1 says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so I just want to come to you this morning. If you don't have a genuine relationship with Jesus, like today can be the start of a whole new spiritual journey for you. Um, as you put your faith in Jesus Christ, and this is such a good place to grow and be discipled 
in that. And so it begins to change the way we look at everything. Like, I, I don't change in order to please God. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not changing in order to get a better grade. Jesus is the good grade. He is the straight A's that we will never be able to achieve. So I, 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 don't, I don't perform for him. Um, it, it's, it's changing it now, like some of you who have been out of school for a while, and you want to learn. And so you just learn, and you're just reading about whatever it is. For Taryn, it's oil. So she knows everything about plants and roots and oils and where those come from. For me, like I'm always reading like international, like nerdy news and stuff. And like I'm growing in that or the study of the scriptures. But now I, I don't do it out of guilt. Like, oh, I really should do this, and there's this weight of condemnation. God's not going to love me. People aren't going to accept me. No, no, I'm not coming from that place. I'm not operating out of guilt. I'm, I'm, I'm asking to be transformed because of his goodness. I'm invited to be transformed into his image because of his goodness. And so when you're making strides and you're pursuing growth, make sure deep in your heart, you're saying it to yourself, I'm not doing this. Um, because I have to. I'm doing this because I I want to. I'm doing this because I want to be everything that God has called me to do. I'm not doing this to perform for God. And Paul builds on this idea, and I think we really need to see it in verse 2, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And this is important. Like, I will, and I want you to be able to just say this, I will need grace my entire life. I, I, I don't need grace just to start my journey with God. I'm going to need it forever. For, so just settle into that because what happens is the enemy again lies to us and then we try to keep getting better and perform for God the longer we go in and then we become judgmental of where other people are not performing well. But if we stay in this place, and that's the language that, that Paul used, this grace in which we now, we stand. It, it's not just a door in which we enter through. It is a foundation on which we live and stand on for eternity. And thank God for that. His grace is sufficient. I, I know when we had just had Beckett, and that first year with your first child is such uh, just a world, whirlwind. And, uh, and I remember just a, a wise and, and um, friend of ours who, who was much further along in the journey came alongside Taryn, and she just said, as she was really struggling with the transition to being a mom, I just remember this phrase, um, there's enough grace for you. God's got enough grace for you in this season. God's got enough grace for every season. And I just want to tell you that, like, college student who's struggling to figure it out, and you've got, like, two months to graduate, and, like, it doesn't make sense, there is grace for you in this season. Like single mom who's trying to be mom and dad and is struggling and exhausted and feel like it's never, an, there is grace for you in this season. Like, like dad in the room who's doing his best to, to be a good dad and shake off just the, what his parents showed us and to be the best dad he can be. Like there is grace for you in this season. His grace is sufficient for our weakness and we will need it our entire life. And, and so we've got to know that I'm not going to move on from grace. I need it every day. And he has more than enough for all of us. 
but we've got to make sure we know this. So here's just a few thoughts of what, what changes when I stand in grace. When I stand in grace, I don't have to prove myself to God. I'm standing in grace. I, I, I'm not operating out of a prove myself. When I stand in grace, I spend more time praising God than I do hating myself. I spend more time praising God than I do hating myself. It's condemnation. When I'm standing in grace, so, so for those of you that, that's just believing and you're, now you're saying everything and the enemy's not even at work anymore, you're just continuing to repeat the things he told you when you were a little girl or a little boy or things somebody else said to you. That's, this, is the found, this is knowing who we are in Christ and when I stand in grace, I spend more time praising God than I do hating myself. When I stand in, in grace, the score sheet is ripped up. It's done. A, through Jesus, not through what we've done. And so you see why this is so important to set the right foundation for not just our growth, but why we want to grow. It's answering the why question. And for those of you who, whatever you wrote down, I want you to answer, why do I want to eat better? Is it so you can fit into the genes you used to be able to fit into? Or is it because my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit? And because I, I want to live long to, to honor the Lord. Because like, uh, that's what God's been dealing with me for the past 18 months. Because <laughs> like, I'm a sweet fiend, for any of you that know me. Like, I don't go to bed unless I've had some cookies and milk. You know what I mean? Like, somebody else is feeling me. Right? So God's just been dealing with this. So all, like all of last year, I had these health things, and I won't go into deep detail, but I need God's grace. And this year, uh, God's really just brought me a long way in that, but the scoreboard's ripped up, and so I don't go all the way back when I mess up. Um, I, I stand with a perfect A based on what Jesus did. And so ask that question, why, as, you're, as you want to grow, and those things you change, why do I want to do it? And make sure it's out of the purest heart to honor the Lord and to live a life uh, that pleases him. A third, Paul begins to talk about pain, and he says this crazy thing like, rejoice in our suffering. Like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. If you've read through the scriptures, you see that as his children, we are not promised the perfect life. Like, some of us, we have this perception. Like, if, if I just get right with God, and then everything will just fix itself and work itself out, and, and there is truth to that, when you put him first, everything will line up. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. There is truth to that, putting him first. But it's not like that. Like some of those things will not be done until he returns and we live in eternity with him. Like some of it, it will be undone. And so we're going to need his grace as we work through the undone and brokenness of the fallenness of our world. We're going to need his grace. But I want to tell you this, because some of us, just as much as we get um, this different gospel, this self-help gospel, we begin to uh, adapt this suffering gospel too when we misinterpret some scriptures. And I want to tell you today that pain isn't the purpose, but there is purpose in the pain. Pain's not the purpose. And I think sometimes like, we can begin to adopt this and just be like, oh, I'm suffering for the Lord in my marriage. I'm just going to suffer for the Lord um, I'm just going to suffer for the Lord in this, this job I'm in. And just, just know, like, whatever pain, whatever suffering you're going through, uh, it's, it's not because God's, like, trying to punish you or um, uh, it's not the purpose to, to just for you to feel pain. 
But just like our bodies, uh, I'm, I'm going to mess some of you guys up when I say this, um, and I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. Um, you guys think it's way more serious than what it is. It's, it's really a joke, but um, like there is a purpose in our pain, like when our bodies are experiencing pain, like when you're having like severe migraines and headaches, like that will reveal something that says, hey, eventually I need to go see a doctor about this and then it'll be revealed what's going on. Hopefully that's not like a, a brain tumor or something like that. See, I didn't want to freak anybody out. See, <laughs> someone's getting migraines. That's not what's taking place. But after it happens for a long time, something's going on and God has put pain in our life to help alert us to what's going on, to wake us up and to draw our attention. Uh, there's this young girl, she's a teenager, her name's Ashlyn Blocker. She uh, lives in a small town in Georgia. It was a, it was a national news uh, thing kind of a few years ago. And Ashlyn Blocker has a rare, rare genetic condition in which she feels no pain. So her parents, her entire life, have lived with this deep anxiety of what could happen to their daughter because she's sitting in ant beds as a three-year-old and she's covered in ants and she doesn't feel the pain. Uh, you know, as she gets older and she touches and she's playing with fire and, and it doesn't hurt her. I mean, as parents, like, oh my gosh, can you just imagine living like this? And so she lived like this through her teenage years. And, and this one um, professor, Jeffrey Woods from Cambridge Institute of Medical Research, he said this. Uh, he said, the ability to sense pain is uh, essential to our self-preservation. So many times we just want to get rid of the pain. But I, I, I want to say, just like we were talking about before, and I'll change this quote a little bit, uh, um, our, our ability to sense pain is essential to our growth. It's essential to our growth. And so, so most of us, and we're going to talk about this next week, we just want to stuff the pain and not deal with it. And over the time, we get cold to the pain. Like we used to yell and scream when that happened, but now we're just cold to it. Like I, I just don't even react anymore because we've stuffed it so hard and we've become so hard that we don't even, we, it's so hard. And what we need is we need the Lord to soften our heart. We've got to relearn how to feel our pain and in, embrace the pain as a part of our process. And, and most of us, what we'd rather do is deny the pain or delay the pain. And most of us, we don't deny the pain. We just delay it. I'll just deal with that tomorrow. I'll just go get prayer on that next time. And we just, next time and next week and next year, our entire life, and then we look back and then we have so much regret. God doesn't want you to live with regret. He wants you to live with abandon that says yes to him in the moment when, and, and, and not be afraid of the pain and, and to just submit ourselves to the God of the process who's taking us through that. I think one of the things with me, like I, I sprained my ankle. It was a very severe sprain. I've sprained my ankle many times, but I was at like one of those bounce houses, uh, not the bounce house, the uh, trampoline parks. And I was like 10 feet in the air when I came down and jacked my, my foot up really bad. And so uh, like it was like eight weeks or nine weeks after turning my ankle. And usually something like that, you kind of get back to normal after four, 
five weeks, but I was like eight, nine weeks in. And so I'm like, I need to see a podiatrist. I've never seen a podiatrist in my life, but like I need to find one. So I went um, and what I began to, to realize over this time and since that time as he told me what I had and kind of gave me a prescription of how to, how to deal with this and how to move on. But one of the things, I, I began jumping back into to activities this summer. I started playing basketball. I started running and, and getting back on it. And my ankle, I, I would just be walking and my ankle would just roll. Because I thought I was further along than what I was in the healing process. And here's what I know about you in the growth process. You probably think you're further along than what you actually are. Some things you've just stuffed. Something like you, yeah, you're, you're over some of those childhood things. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You've just covered them over real good. Like, and so what will happen is God brings us through these seasons in which it's revealed that the scab is pulled off so that it can be cleaned out in order that it might be properly healed. And, um, and we've got to submit ourselves to that. And, and I think part of that um, that happened with me and what the doctor said to me, he said, here's, here's what I'm going to ask you to do and what you need to do is you need to go see a physical therapist because you've got all this scar tissue around your ankle now. And I'm telling you, when you go see him, it's going to be painful. He's going to have to work your ankle, or your ankle and just work it around and, and just tear apart that scar tissue. He said, you're going to hate and you're not going to want to go back. The first one's a lot worse because we need to break up the lack of mobility there in order for you to heal properly. And some of us, that's where we're at. The scar tissue needs to be broken up in order for us to heal um, properly. And, and I just say, just as a, um, a, a next step for us in processing that pain is we need to talk to somebody about it. Um, maybe, maybe that's a professional counselor. Maybe, maybe that's another believer. Um, but we need to do that. And that's not complaining about our pain. And, that's, and it's not gossip about our pain. But it, it's giving ourselves an opportunity to heal. It, it's, we need those tears. We need some of that hard conversations to get through the unforgiveness. We, we need some of that to happen to, to get through the resentment that's in us. We need that pain till we can get to a place, and this is a lifelong journey where, like Paul said, we glory in our sufferings. And he tells us why. Why? Because he, we know it is producing good in us. As much as we hate it, as much as we want to run from it, as much as I don't want to go out for another run tomorrow, I, I've got to, and I've got to keep pressing through um, the pain. Uh, and that doesn't mean that we're going to like be singing out loud, rejoicing all the time, but it means we can look at what the struggle of a tough season, we can look at it with gratitude, knowing that God's going to work it to good because he is Good. He says what, what's going to happen is that, that suffering is going to build perseverance in us. And I want to share with you that today that uh, willing to, being willing to change means uh, being willing to face and endure pain. Willing to, to face and endure pain. Paul talks about endurance a lot. When he's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, he says, you've got to endure like a good soldier. We looked at that text uh, a little over a month ago. We've got to endure. Hey, when we're talking to the church um, in, in the different churches that he was leading, he said, we've got to endure. That there is this, this cry that we're, we as believers, we're not exempt from pain. We're not exempt from suffering. But we must endure through it. And God is going to be with us through it all. 
Um, he's, and, and he's, he has us on this journey for a reason, and he's refining us all the way to our final destination where there will be no more suffering and where there will be no more pain, and he's refining us through the process um, until we see fully glorified bodies. I heard this phrase. Um, I think I was reading an article, actually. It had to be like 15 years ago. I, I saw this article, and it was talking, if you drink the right amount of water and you um, stretch every single day, it will, it will extend your life by five years. I read that article, and it changed my life. Like, if that's true, like stretching and just drinking water, like, I can eat cookies, and I'll add the five here, and I'll lose five. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I began to drink water like crazy, and I began to really develop a daily routine of stretching, whether I was going into an exercise or not. So usually when I go to the gym, I'm the guy who stretches for 30 minutes and then works out for 30 minutes. Like, that's, like that dude was over there forever. All he did was ever stretch. And, and, and I think one of the things I've learned about stretching, and, and for those of you that are like athletic trainers, Taryn uh, did three years of athletic training and, and, and was uh, wrapping ankles and helping stretch and all that stuff. And, and one of the things I've learned is when we stretch, most of the time we only stretch, how long, 15 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds if we're really pushing. Like, let's do something. Let's stand up real quick and let's stretch. Come on, let's do this. Stretch. Yes, some of you are like, oh, I'm so comfortable right now. Let's stretch, okay? So maybe you want to stretch your arm. Maybe you want to stretch your neck. Feel it for a second. Maybe, you, maybe you're going to be one of those. You're going to be brave. Going to reach all the way down. Oh, I touched him. I touched him once. I touched him. Yep, feel it. Okay. You can be seated for a second. See, that feels good. So that's what pastors do when they're preaching a long sermon. I'm just kidding. Just keep you awake, you know. Um, you know how long we're supposed to stretch, to truly stretch a muscle? About two minutes. About two minutes. But where do we usually cut off our stretch? When it hurts or we get a little bit of relief? When we get a little bit of relief, we move on from the stretch. And in this season of stretch marks, when you're dealing with an endurance of this pain, you've got to keep stretching. You've got to push through the pain. That's exactly the one you need to work on. And because our legs are tight, we've got to keep pushing through there. That's not the one we need to avoid. That's the one we need to endure and push through. And we've got to stretch longer than we want to. We've got to endure it longer than what it actually passed when it feels a little better. Had that one conversation, and now my unforgiveness for my whole childhood is gone. No, 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 no. Keep pushing. I know it felt a little better after that one conversation. Keep pushing. Keep stretching. God is going to heal it so deep. And what I've found in my own life is when I think it's healed, God will come around another season. He wants to go deeper and deeper. Um, and so I, I would just... Um, I would just challenge you, just continually submit yourself to God in that and know that Jesus suffered, not as a victim, willingly suffered for you and I. He willingly gave himself to the cross, and we've got to willingly give ourselves uh, back to him. There's a cost to growth. No growth is going to come easy. Uh, next, he, he says that this uh, perseverance, this endurance does what in us? It brings character. N none of us are born with great character. We're, we're born fallen, and, and we don't exit our childhood with great character, no matter how good or bad our parents are. We don't 
And so our entire lives, character is not this fixed place of like, oh, I'm a person of character because that can change in the next five minutes. It's not a destination. It's a direction of our life and a constant submission of ourself. And I would say this, I think what this character and what I would want to challenge you is major transformation happens through consistent consecration. Major transformation happens through consistent consecration. Consecration is maybe this fancy word for us today, but it means a, a, a breaking of ourself, a, a submitting of our self. And, and most of the time, when we make the little change, we think like, oh, we're, we're going in a whole different direction. It's going to take that every single day. We had the Olympics earlier this year. And I just think about those Olympic athletes of how much sacrifice it takes to get to that place. Like how, what they had to sacrifice along the way. And I want you to know in our lives as we follow Jesus, it will cost us everything. Anyone who tries to save their life will lose it, but he who loses it will save it. I'm not just going to give up my Sundays for an hour. That's not saying yes to Jesus. That's, that's not a sacrifice at, at all, really. That, that, that's not what Jesus is looking for out of us. He wants it all. And the transformation he wants to do in our life is, is not some kind of quick fix, overnight fix that we really want. I just want to go in and I want to feel better when I'm going out. No, no, no. The, the major transformation from going as broken as we start this world, fallen sin, to being ready to walk into our redeemed life in eternity is major transformation. And how we are going to be prepared for that is one only through Jesus and standing in his grace for our entire lifetime. If we want to be all that God's called us to be and walk in the life that he has for it's going to take consistent daily consecration. I love John 12, 24. It says, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it, only, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So I, I want to challenge you to submit yourself to the process and submit yourself to the God of the process. Fully and completely every part of your being the, the power of endurance is that we get stronger and over time, like I'm not, in, I'm not the same person I was a year ago. Like after 2018 gets over with, I will look back and like God has just transformed me in deep ways. He's healed new things in me and I hope the same could be said of you and it may still be undone and you still may be in process, but submit yourself to the God of the process and major transformation is gonna happen we daily consecrate ourselves. So I'd ask you, what needs to die in order for you to grow? We've got new identity in Christ and we ought to walk in it. Um, we have great hope. This character doesn't just produce in us um, a better appearance to others. It's a deep-seated hope of what God is refining in us. And, and that hope it isn't, oh, I'm, I'm better now, 
That, that, that's not our hope. Our, our hope is, is in trusting in Jesus, that he's good enough, trusting that he is the sanctifier, trusting that his Holy Spirit is making us new, and we've been given the Holy Spirit to transform us. And I think overall, we want to avoid the pain. We want to avoid the process. But what we've got to know is it is leading us to hope. And that hope is not going to put us to shame, not going to put us to shame and guilt like the enemy will lie to us and tell us, nope, that wasn't good enough. You fell again. There is a deep-seated hope that will, needs to be with us for our entire life. And so just remembering back to what was on your, your paper today, and maybe as we leave here, God's bringing new things up. He's stirring some new things up that need to be healed. Um, just as you begin to reflect on this, I, I want you to reflect on this quote as well. Change only happens when our level of desire or actually desperation rises above the level of our fears. Change is only going to happen when our level of desire or even desperation rises above the level of our fears. I'm not afraid to grow. I'm not afraid to take the steps. Because we can have good intentions all we want and stay exactly where we've always been with our good intentions. And the same thing you put on your resolution this year will be the same thing you put on it in 2020 and 2022. And the same brokenness that you were when you were 20 years old, you're going to have when you're 30 years old and you're 40 years old. But God loves you too much to leave you where you're at. He loves you too much. So submit yourself to the God of the process. Submit yourself to a genuine relationship that's not birthed out of judgmental condemnation, but birthed out of a faith in Jesus Christ and a relationship that he refines in us. So so submit yourself to the God of the process. I want to ask you to stand. And I want to pray with you. I want to pray first with those today who um, maybe you don't have a relationship with God or you've been running far from the Lord and just trying to do it on your own. Uh, and you've never made a confession that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Today can be your day. There's a card in the, the seat back in front of you. And I want you to, to grab that in these next few moments as this band leads us. I just want you to let us know today. You can hang on to that. There'll be a bucket as you exit. You can just drop that in there and we'll follow up with you. It's a very private way to let us know what God's doing in your heart. If there's other things you need prayer for today, um, we want to know about that. Um, over this next song, there's going to be, this team's going to lead us in worship and, and, and maybe you've just confronting some of those things and, and you want prayer over that today. I want to challenge you to step outside of your, your fear of anybody worried about you know, what's going on? Just to step out of that fear and come and, and receive prayer for that today as this team leads us. And more than anything, let's press into the relationship that God has for us. Let's press into the changes that he's calling us to make first and foremost. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for your holy word that is as sharp as a two-edged sword, God. And I pray that we would we would lean into your conviction and correction, God. That we might not live in the condemnation of the enemy, God, but we might walk in the fullness of what it means to have our identity deeply rooted in you 
and as sons and daughters, as heirs of your kingdom, help us to walk in it, God. For the person today that's struggling to make the best decision they could ever make, they're struggling to say yes to you. God, I pray that you'd bring them to the brokenness that realizes they are a sinner in need of a savior. None of us can receive salvation except through Jesus Christ and making that confession, believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth that Jesus Christ is our Lord. I pray that people would walk in courage today to make that call, to make that decision, to make that, that choice. God, for, for us in the room, God, that you've just been stirring, you've been convicting, you've been calling, God, call us on and help us to have the courage to move beyond our fears, to move beyond our complacency and say, not anymore. God, I'm walking, I'm gonna follow you, I'm giving you everything from this day forward, I'm giving you everything to come running back to you. I thank you for this time. I pray that we would move, our hearts would be moved in these next few moments to follow you, to respond to your grace, to respond to your goodness. In Christ's holy name, amen.